0: And now, from the dry hills of Santa Clarita, California, it's time for America's least listened to podcast. It's Christian Ease with your blessing-filled hosts, Jared Burkholder, Dan Sachoff and Brian Irwin. A little bit of a lie there because Brian Irwin hasn't been on since
1: 1957. I but think. you know, for those brief three weeks that he joined us, they were magical. Yeah, They, they were, were nothing short of magical. Dan. They were fantastic.
2: I was say, you couldn't have found a more unbelieving atheistic person <laughs> on the planet.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, that voice you hear piping in, one of our one of my favorite people, and I'm sure once Jared gets to know him will be one of his, my good friend Craig Coleman. Craig, welcome to Christian Ease, my friend.
2: Thank you, Dan. Thank you.
0: And you know, Brian Irwin, because Craig and I, Jared, started in the world of stand-up comedy. That's where I first met Craig. He was so kind. I was developing this character called The Dude, uh-huh. who was basically extracted from exploitation movies of the 70s. <laughs> I was a white guy who thought I was Shaft, basically. And so I'm looking you for... You still
1: stage- act that way. <clears throat> well, yeah, sure, yeah.
0: absolutely. That's why I feather my hair. Right. Um, but I, So I'm looking for stage time anywhere, and Craig had a room that he ran over in Santa Monica. Wasn't it Santa Monica, Craig? <laughs>
2: Yes, yes, yes. And
0: he was kind enough to give me time, and he didn't know what hit him because when I got up, I came up in character and everything. And I, he was just looking at me like, oh my Lord, you're mentally ill. There is something wrong with this guy. But he was He's so not cool. wrong. There. <laughs> He's yeah. not wrong there. But he gave me stage time and we got to be friends. And Craig, okay, will you do the bit for me real quick? I tried to tell Jared, and I do it so poorly. The first bit I ever saw that I knew, boom, I'm in love with this guy. You did the bit about uh, Craig. Hales from Bakersfield, California, and he did a bit about his neighbor mowing the grass. Craig, would you would you recount that for me, real quick?
2: Oh yeah, I mean, without the visuals <laughs> of the mess <meth> jaw, um <laughs> meth it, jaw. It's basically, it's basically talking about my neighbor, which would mow his lawn at like one o'clock in the morning <laughs> with. Floodlights out on his uh, front yard. I mean, like we're talking compound military style floodlights, and it was just insane. Anywhere else you talk about that, people just go "what," and but if you say it in Bakersfield, they just nod their head and go "south side" or "north side," and you're like "south side," you're like "right."
0: Oh my gosh! Oh it was just it was so freaking classic i just i i couldn't believe it and and craig craig is one of these great guys that i've known for so long and and again like we we'll get into this today but like i don't even know exactly i don't know if craig knows exactly where he is in his his faith journey as it mm. were and i hate that word cuz it's so cliché pretty on brand corporate though, on brand yeah, yeah. Uh, just weird but anyway like craig is a guy who i've been able to and this is what we like for our audience craig to hear is like a lot of times and i've told you this before but christians tend to be in this bubble and unless we're talking to people inside the bubble we're not really good with relating to people who are not christians and just being somebody's friend to be their friend and then being able to have honest conversations about faith. And Craig is the kind of guy that has always accepted, he's known I'm a Christian, and we're able to talk about stuff, and, and it's it's just been a really organic, great thing. And Craig is also somebody who's very open to all kinds of different things, and, and is somebody in my life who has been able to, like, we just, we come from totally different worlds, but we can agree to disagree on certain things, but then also he's, he's kind, and it just goes to show that Christians don't have the monopoly on being...
1: Right. kind yeah, people. You know what I mean? Not at all. Yeah, and Craig, one of the reasons we had Brian on, being the most atheistic person in the world, was just that. That a lot of Christians, you know, read about atheists, but they never actually talk to one. And so it's just really interesting to to hear to interact with Brian about a bunch of things and hear all the things he didn't like about Christians and to resonate with some of those. Yeah, like and those. also
0: have it be a good
1: well, conversation. Go ahead, Craig. Yeah. Well, I
2: was going to say with with Brian, it's not even that he doesn't like not like Christians or or believe in them, believe, believe, he has faith in nothing. I mean, the guy doesn't believe in <laughs> unicorns, UFOs, Bigfoot, <laughs> name it. It's a blank page. It's a blank page. <laughs>
0: so true. And that's the other thing that it's for another episode, we got to have Craig on because Craig has a lot of information about UFOs.
1: Well, I'm more interested in the unicorns. Uh, I think by the end, we saw Brian begin to shift a little bit and be open to the existence of unicorns. <laughs> Which I'm thankful for. Right. <laughs> By the way, Craig, before we well, get
0: started today, one thing I wanted to do real quick is um, I, I just wanted to, uh, we always try to talk because the title of the, the podcast is Christianese, and we have certain Christianese words. Christianese, of course, is a language unto itself where outside people don't know what the heck you're talking about. And uh, we have a Christianese word of the day. So, Jared, let's get to that, shall we? Christianese word of the day. Today's Christianese word of the day, of course, is
1: um, traveling mercies. Oh, yeah.
0: Jared, yeah. would you unpack that for us? Until I'd, we'll check what
1: that is. I'd yeah, love no, to unpack huh? that. Craig, yeah. in the Christian community, there's this assumption sometimes that the wonderful God of the Old and New Testament, uh, when you get into a car, becomes like Zeus, and his goal is to crush you somehow whether it be rain or snow or sleet. And so people pray for traveling mercies that somehow this Zeus-like God will allow you to get from point A to point B, be it to Costco or to Bakersfield or something like that.
0: There you go. So that is traveling mercies, Craig, right there. So now I'm sure you feel enlightened. Hashtag
1: blessed all over the place. Exactly.
2: I love it. I love it. I mean, my mom is like a prayer warrior to an insane amount, uh, you know, to the insane level. Yes. And so, she's definitely the kind of person who's just like, just open all the doors, just let us get to Costco today by two o'clock, Lord, please.
1: Hedge <laughs> Because after
2: two. You know how crazy it is after two. <laughs> if you could just open the lanes of traffic. So, oh, my know, gosh.
0: That is fantastic. Now, Craig, love- oh, for everybody out there who doesn't know Craig, Craig is an actor. He's a comedian. He is a podcaster. Your show is on all things comedy, correct, Craig?
2: Yes, yes.
0: Give us a quick plug for that real quick. What's the name of the show?
2: Oh, yeah, right, of course. It's uh, it's called <laughs> The Full Charge Power Hour. It's me, Matt Fultron, and... Um, I guess what you would call a modern day dolt is our other guy who he's our movie, our movie reviewer, but many times he'll be like, oh, I reviewed and the movie, you know, he'll pull a movie out like the Goonies and you're like, yeah, that was in, that's from like 1986. Like, what are you talking about?
0: Awesome. That is fantastic Craig. So I, to kind of get into this today as we discuss uh, faith and in and, and all things Jesus if you will. So uh, Craig occasionally I will touch base with Craig and he'll touch base with me and things are going on in our lives to say hey how you doing is everything okay and so I reached out to Craig and I was like hey I know stuff's going on man I'm going to I'm going to pray for you and Craig sent me the best response and I want to start with that as an entree to hear in your view of of faith and Christianity and everything, Craig. So you sent me back this great thing, and you said, thanks for praying for my family. It is a magic I do believe in. I just don't go to church. It's like I love Metallica, but not their fan base. That is is the best thing. So tell me, unpack that, Craig. Tell me what that means.
2: Well, I mean, yeah, so again, like big, big fan of Metallica. Um, And they're their fan base is uh, a little crazy for me, you know? I'm the guy who's like, yeah, thanks, guys, thanks. I'm just here for the band. <laughs> I would prefer not to tango with you, my friend, my Hesher friend.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> but, if, I, yeah, go ahead, go ahead.
2: So, I guess as far as uh, faith goes... um. You know, it's uh, probably like I. I'm the guy who, like my family, my dad is. It's not an atheist. He's more of a agnostic, where he just, he's just. I have no idea. Right. So I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna waste my Sundays. You know, that's my dad, <laughs> and my mom became born again. I think when I was like seventeen. And my ship had sailed by that point. Cause like I'd been trying to go to church on my own since I was a kid. Cause um, I don't know if I told you that like, you know, I have a deep belief in UFOs. Cause like one of the first, before I read the Bible, I read uh, Chariots of the Gods by Eric Van Donneken.
0: Hmm.
2: Um, Cause my grandma had that on her shelf. And so then when I started hearing church, you know, Bible stories, I was like, yeah, all about it, dude. I get this, <laughs> you know? If you just if you throw in UFOs, the Bible totally makes sense. You're like, this is all possible. Every <laughs> bit of this is possible. Oh my gosh! I love it. And so I would I would I would give rides. There would always be some girl who was like, "Oh, hey, what are you doing Sunday?" And I always thought, "Oh, hey, hey," and then it would turn out you know, it's almost like an Amway thing. Like, "Oh, we're going to church." Well, okay, whatever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if this is how I
2: get get close to this girl, then let's. Let's make it happen.
0: That is hilarious.
2: And so by the time my mom was born again, it's like, she's like, Hey, you want to go to church with me? And I'm like, you know I'm listening to Slayer now. So I think we've missed that boat, mom. Uh, good try. <laughs> Let's maybe we'll reconnect in 10, you know, 10 years from now, maybe. <laughs> so I, I guess it's always been for me, like, you know, people that are like seriously church people their whole life, they're just too good Mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. They're, They're too happy, they're too, and I know this sounds ridiculous. I am that person who like, if you're like way too just joyful and happy, I'm like, ugh. It, like, bothers me for some reason. <laughs> like, I don't trust you.
0: <laughs> I, I get that, especially if it seems disingenuous, which sometimes— And that's I, usually
2: what it is.
0: Right. I think we can—because I've been guilty of that sometimes where I, I get to thinking about, well, I go to church, I'm a Christian, I'm representing the faith, so I should probably have the answers to everything, and I should probably always be on top of it and be, you know, warm, what do you
1: think? Oh, well, we talked about, like— you're fighting with your wife in a car on the way to church and then you yeah, get right. out and go, Hey, everybody, everything's great. Are you? Oh, wow. So blessed. Well, wow, just thankful. <laughs> yeah. So there's a veneer I think that sometimes you can put over yeah um, on things. And I, I think right. that's one of the things we, we appreciate about our church community is certainly there are some people who are slapping it on on Sunday, but there's also some real people. And you and I have that with each other, right, Dan, that we can, yeah. more often than not, I come in here limping and tell you about, how rough things are.
0: Oh, me me too. But you so continue Craig. I, I get that. I just wanted to chime in that I, I, I hear you on that for sure.
2: But at the same time, you know, some of those people that I know that, you know, I'm related to that are like that. They're actually like that. There's nothing phony about it. They literally are that damn happy. They literally just exude joy. And you know, they, yeah. they are uh, super faithful and they just they believe all of it, and they and they're never angry. They're never, and it just it blows my absolute mind that they're like that. And you know, and, and you know, me and me and the missus, we were involved in a church there for a good couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we lived next door to a church, and the pastor. Uh, gave my wife a job at a time when we really needed it. And, you know, we became a big members of the church. Like, I was doing the soundboard. Um, I was in their plays. <laughs> no, now here we go. But here's where it turns the corner. Huh. It was a gay church, okay? Wow. So that that pastor, he grew up, his parents were pastors, uh, Baptists. Um, but then he realized at a certain point in his life, like, he, I'm gay. He's <laughs> like, I am gay. And, but still a faithful, you know, Jesus loving person. And then he just decided my calling is to bring, um, other gay people to Jesus. And so huh. he, that was, you know, his church was pretty much just a church of rejected people. So someone like me and uh, my wife were like, we could be a part of this, you know? <laughs>
0: so <laughs> Right, 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 right.
2: And and so I guess that's kind of where I am, where I find the problem I have with you know because you know Jesus, you read Jesus, he's all inclusive. He didn't hang out at the you know he didn't hang out with all church people. He hung out with thieves and hookers and you know the, the worst of the worst.
0: Right.
2: And because he's like these are the people that need to hear what I got to say, and and I just feel like. Uh, you know, Christianity has taken a turn or, or may, maybe not. Maybe it's always been that way. But I just don't like the anti-homosexual rhetoric because I got a lot of gay people in my family. I got gay people that are friends. I mean, obviously, I'm in the entertainment industry. Right. Um, but, you know, and I got those family members. And, uh, and I just, I feel... Like I just I can't be a part of something that's gonna not love my yeah. my uh, my relatives and those people that I care so much about uh, sure. just because of you know who they were born to be and uh, who they are I mean that's just who they are they can't change that right um,
0: and that's it's interesting that you I mean there's so much to talk about there and it's great to have because you and I have never really had that conversation in terms of like what what is it about Christianity that—because uh, everybody has something, you know, that kind of they're like, I'm not sure about this. This is this is a problem. This is a barrier to entry, as it were, for me on Christianity. And I get that because I'm also—you know, you and I are in the same business, uh, in the entertainment business. Of course, there's a lot of people that I love and care for and have been very good to me in the past who are who are gay— um, but I guess, from my standpoint as a as a as a Bible believing Christian, I would say, look, I th- I think the church sometimes isn't good with accepting, not in terms of uh, accepting is the wrong word, loving people where they're at. Like again, I wouldn't affirm somebody's gay lifestyle because I do believe what the Bible says is true, and that, that, again, I don't think that's the biggest sin in the world, and I would never lead with that and say, hey, uh, your homosexuality is like, to me, it's all about, well, who was Jesus to you? Is Jesus truly the Son of God? Did he rise again? And then I think there are things that God does in your heart, like I, I think if you live out your life as, as a gay person, I, I, I'm not going to hate you for it. But I would push back on saying I don't know if that was what God would have for you. You know what I mean? But there is a big difference than meeting somebody and be, like if you're talking about Westboro Baptist and those kind of people who are like it's an absolute hatred. You know what I mean?
2: Right, right, right. And again, you know, it's uh, I I I don't know because I've I've never been gay, so I, I don't I don't know what that's like. There's still um, time,
0: Craig. There's still time for you to be gay. That's true.
2: Yes, there is, Dan. There is. <laughs> <laughs> Jared, Jared, what
1: do you chime in here, Jared? Yeah, I think um, Craig, I just appreciate your honesty in that. I, I think that's one of the things I loved uh, being in conversation with Brian because I think um, Christians become very insular and they lose sight of how they're perceived in culture. Um, I think there was a time, kind of with the moral majority, which I'm not a, a huge fan of, where Christianity Christianity or Christians ruled the day culturally. Um, I think we recognize that that's absolutely not true now. And I think there were just a lot of perversions of the message of the gospel that happened. We kind of capitulated to a political climate and to cultural factors and kind of lost the heart of what the gospel is all about. So yeah, I'm with Dan. Like, uh, I'm, not, uh, I'm not a fan of us marching on Washington to talk about homosexuality. I'm not even a fan really of us marching on Washington to talk about abortion and things like that. Um, I think the Bible is, is pretty clear on those things. Um, but like, I don't lead with, I don't walk across the lawn to talk to my neighbor. and like, Hey, why don't you tell me your sin? So I can categorize you as that kind of sinner. And then I'll know how to relate to you. Right? Like, I just want to go get to know them. I genuinely believe the right. rest of Christianity is, um, that we were all made to be in relationship with God and that sin is real and sin alienates us, uh, alienates us from God and kind of keeps us from the fullness of what we were meant to experience. Um, so I, I'm with Dan, I think the Bible does teach clearly about homosexuality. Um, and that's kind of a whole thing we could talk about. But, but I think it's also important to say a lot of Christians haven't represented that well. And far too often, uh, Christians lead with anger and fear. And I, I hate that because that's not the biblical message at all. I have a, a good friend uh, who's a pastor who has a, a son who's a homosexual. And uh, he talks about that, that you know, he still, still believes what the Bible teaches about homosexuality. But this is his son, and he loves his son. Um, and he wants his church family right. to, to love his son, right? And those aren't mutually exclusive things. And I think, and you might not agree with this, but I think culturally we've been forced in kind of this binary choice where either you affirm the totality of someone's uh, sexual choice or you don't love them. And I would just say, I, I hope uh, that more and more Christians are trying to chart a third where we say, this is what we think the Bible teaches really clearly. And we're not gonna compromise on that. But I love you. Uh, I love you as a person. I wanna be in your life. I wanna be in conversation with you. Um, just as we would, anyone who doesn't kind of follow Christian teaching and has what we would say are are sinful elements in their life. Does that make sense? Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, that totally does. And and yeah, like you mentioned, unfortunately, I think uh, Christianity has become too politicized. And that's what just basically turns me off of it now. Now I'm at it. it. And when I say what turns me off, it just means me physically going to... A church and becoming part of a church family. Like I just don't have an interest in that, and that's also again. That's like, like I said, I'm a weirdo. I come with a big baggage of. Uh, how about UFOs? Can we can we mention it, guys? Let's, let's just bring it in the mix. Just throw that in there. <laughs> I'll think
1: about that as I get ready to preach in a couple of weeks. Here, um, just how that kind of fits in. Craig, I'm curious. What, what do you find like compelling? about Christianity, whether it's it's what you know with Dan or your family, and maybe you've already talked about this, but maybe just to distill it down. What do you find to be compelling, and then what do you find to kind of be uh, repulsive about Christianity, either culturally or personally?
2: Well, as, um, well, you know, to be honest, um, lately in my life, uh, it has, you know, um, let's see, I'm trying to find the right way to word it. It's just, Lately, I've been praying and meditating to Jesus, um, and I just because I found and I, I call it like when I talk to Dan, I call it the magic. I believe in the magic of it because it works in my life. When I am, I've lived very negative. I've lived very uh, like a hard, you know, check to you know paycheck, paycheck. It's just a, a struggle of life and. Our life was not good for a good couple of years. Things have been really, really hard, and then I just stopped thinking like that. I just started thinking glasses half full and being thankful, and um, you know, meditating and praying on these things. And I have, I have found that it works, and just weird. Crazy things happen in my life that probably shouldn't have happened. I mean, you know, to give you an example, we were going to be uh, our our apartments where we lived in for two years. We were uh, we're not going to renew our lease for, uh, for 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 certain reasons we won't discuss, um, and we didn't have a place to live, and it was coming down to, uh, like. You know, in five days, we got to be out of here and we do not have a place to live. My, mm. my, my daughter could go live with my sister, no problem. But then out of nowhere, my sister calls and goes, hey, our friend's house is going to be empty. Uh, they'll rent it to you for $1,500 a month, which I mean, in the LA area, yeah. that's ridiculous. A two bedroom house it's not even an apartment this is a house in corona del mar probably one of the richest places on the planet i mean my wife asked me are maseratis cheap because they were <laughs> around like uh, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, they have a sale
0: at big lots on maseratis yeah, right now blue lights yeah
2: all, yeah I well out here they're like kias but no they're not cheap <laughs> um so you know it's probably one of the wealthiest places on the planet and um we're currently living there, and um, you know, and I just, I just like was so thankful, and it was just unbelievable to me. But then, at the same time, it wasn't. I was just like, oh, I'm, I'm just, I'm now in the thought pattern of it's possible, it's real, and just accept that and um, be thankful for it. And uh, and then you know, and we also knew come February 1st, we had to be moved out of there because they were going to do construction. Well, you know, that's in a couple weeks. I'm not ready for that move, to be honest with you. Um, And I get a, you know, and I just, you know, I just, again, I just, I meditated on it, I prayed on it, and I just asked Jesus, I said, look, whatever happens, happens, but just ask, uh, open the doors for us to be someplace good, as good as this, or or than in, just, just a place, just anywhere. And the lady calls and goes, hey, do you guys want to stay till March 1st? And I'm just like, wow, because we weren't ready and we didn't have the money. And I'm just like, oh my God, it's just like, thank you. You know, That's and, so
0: interesting, Craig, that you talk about like, because I thought you were going to take another turn there, but I, I was happy to hear you say that you were praying for ultimately whatever God's will is, that you would have a, a roof over your head, but you were kind of letting God take it you know what I mean, and and then from there, you you did get a blessing there, but like you weren't just praying for, because I think sometimes people would like. I know one thing that Jared and I, that all, our radar always goes up with somebody like Joel Osteen, who's like, I'm yeah, praying I'm for right. a million dollars and pray for that Maserati and it'll happen, you know. But God's a genie. I need a second genie.
1: airplane, y'all. No, because I. Craig, I grew up in Mexico City. My parents were missionaries there. So, I mean, I, I grew up with people who were, were faithful Christians, but oftentimes didn't have enough money to pay for medicine for their kids or how to put food in the tent. Sure. Um, and I think one of the uh, one of the really compelling things about Christianity is like what Paul talks about in the book of Philippians, talks about how contentment's possible in any kind of circumstances. And Paul was was writing the apostle Paul was writing for prison. So he wasn't like, you know, sitting on a beach somewhere sipping margaritas writing about it. I mean he was he was living it right. out and talking about how uh he talks in chapter three about the surpassing worth just the great worth of of belonging to christ and having christ's righteousness uh, and just being in him kind of belonging to the family of god and how that's enough in the best of times and in the worst of times um we come from really different backgrounds i grew up my parents uh, were missionaries my dad was a pastor um i i went through a period probably as a lot of people do in late high school and college kind of wrestling through okay why do i believe this like i was raised in this but is this actually true um you know, right. or am I just believing it because because I was raised around it? And there's a, a theologian right. by the name of G.K. Chesterton who talks about Christianity being the key that fits the lock. It just kind of makes sense of the world around us. So I don't know if that's kind of what you're describing, but that's for me why I'm still Christian at 33. Just aside from God's grace in my life, is it makes sense of the world around me? Like it makes sense of the evil that I see. It makes sense of the good that I see. Um, there's a there's a an existential, but also kind of a realistic substance to it that I think. I've seen born out in my life and the life of other people that I know. Um, And that's just kind of, there's a compelling reality to that. It's not just like, we believe this at church and then we leave and go back to real life and it's exciting. Like there's, I see it in real life. I see it, um, I'm a missions pastor. So I I see it with people in Haiti, you know, who have nothing. I see it with people in in Mexico and in India and refugees from the Middle East and Jordan. I see it with people in our own community. Uh, There's just a substance to it.
2: Right. Yeah, I've, yeah, like, yeah, I just have seen it work in my life. And, um, I'll continue to, I'll just continue down that path of a glass half full. And, um, and again, just giving it to, you know, giving it to Jesus and just like, I know what I want, but at the same time, however it gets me there is, is cool. I'll I'll just, uh, I'm in the car, just, uh, I'll sit and pass in your seat. Uh, I'll turn the radio to whatever station you need, whatever. But, uh, yeah, if you could just get me to my destination, bro, that would be great.
1: Jesus can just take the wheel or something like that?
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Yeah. and Jesus can drive.
1: (laughs) It's interesting, Craig,
0: how do you think that... And, you know, your faith is evolving and growing and changing, and and you've been through different iterations of it, certainly from the time you were at the gay church to now and and all those things. What influences your mom, watching your mom's faith and watching your mom be faithful, what role has that played, if any, in in shaping uh, how you think about Christ, how you think about, you know, Christianity in general?
2: Well, to be honest, as far as my mom this isn't to disparage my mom in any way, but she comes at it from a place of, well, the guy said so, you know what I mean? Like, like I've read the Bible more than she has. Like I understand the Bible more than she has. Like she doesn't understand that I, I use it as um, I have an audio version of the Bible that I listen to to go to sleep. So I've heard that thing like, inside and out a million times. And like my sister too, she goes to church, her and uh, her girlfriend, oddly enough. And they, they will ask me Bible questions. And I, I think I just, I either know the answer or I already know what they're talking about. And it's, it's not like I'm like all knowledgeable dude or anything like that. But, you know, I've studied, uh, I've studied almost all the religions. Just, you know, And the Jesus is the one that just, like you said, fits the most. It's the most, I don't know that it's the most complete story, which it kind of is. And it's also just, uh, there's an energy with it that, um, resonates with me. Um, what I like to do is, uh, I like to watch animated versions of people's religion. So... (laughs) you can watch
0: <laughs> except There's his like mom of course minutes. because you can't draw Allah that's so.
2: true yeah. yeah oh yeah but this, yeah I know which is hilarious because there is one you can watch and it's uh, Allah it's just a voice like, go to the cave you know and it's a, or it's a glowing light or something I'm like oh okay someone wanted to stay alive <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is for you Charlie Hebdo yeah yeah uh-huh.
2: And, you know, and, uh, so I've, I've, you know, I've gone, you know, I've checked out the Buddhists, I've checked out, uh, you know, the, the, the Mormons, you know, and, uh, they're all, they're all whatever they are. I mean, the Mormon one is the one least that I'm like, come on. And I, I even went to the Jehovah's Witness. My friend was Jehovah's Witness. I went a couple of times with him and then, you know, at that one point, I go. So, no birthdays or Christmas? Yeah, I'm out. Dude. You know what, you guys? <laughs> <laughs> I
0: love your pragmatic about it, Craig. You know, birthdays? No, no yeah. Christmas? Okay, we're done. That
2: can't
1: be true. Yeah, we're life. done. Yeah, we're yeah,
2: that's we're funny. absolutely done. You guys don't even have windows in your temples. We're done, dude. This is like <laughs> the most boring to the submarine religion there is.
0: <laughs> that's uh, yeah, that's that's wild. Um, what I'm I'm curious. What is it about? what is it about Jesus and or the Bible that that resonates with you? I know for me, one of the things when I, you know, I always identified as a Christian growing up, but I didn't know what that meant. And it wasn't until I was in my 30s and my dad had died, and I was like, I started really, uh, I got into a Bible study, and I, I like your mom, I had never read the Bible. So I, oh, okay. was, I was talking about it from what I heard from what other people said, and what my mom always said but she didn't even really have a grasp of it later on in life. I was able to share with her and kind of, cause I had learned more about it, but, um, I'm interested, because for me, one of the things that resonated was the fact that I used to think the Old Testament and the, Old, and the New Testament were two different stories. I was like, how do you reconcile the God of the Old Testament with fire and punishment and brimstone, and then the, yeah. the, the love that you see in the New Testament, and I, it wasn't until I started going to the church I'm at now, and the pastor and the, the, the teaching team started saying, no, it's it's the same story. The Old Testament points to Christ, and then the revelation is 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 Messiah that the Old Testament, that, that, that everybody was looking for, this is Him fulfilling that promise so that's for me one of the things that made it accessible made it true for me because everything kind of fit together is there anything for you like with this either the, the story in the bible or with jesus that makes you think oh yeah this uh, this could be that lock you know
2: well i would say um I'll, I'll do two two things that and i'll the end one is the one that made me go holy crap this, this is absolute real uh the first one, like the two, yeah. So the Old Testament and the New Testament, yeah, it's like there's are two different gods. They're two different people. To me, it seems like it's, and it would almost be like me in my twenties would be Old Testament. Let's let's party. It's wild, uh-huh. a little unhinged. Around you know thirty five to forty is like the New Testament, where it's like okay, 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 calm down. Let's all let's all settle down. Let's get a little more chill about it. We need to start saving for retirement. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's get the 401k
0: in Revelation, shall we?
2: Yeah, uh. yeah. So it could absolutely be the same deity. He just like let's rein it in a bit. We don't need to be so pissed off. Let's uh, let's love a little bit, guys. Let's love a little bit. But the thing that just sold me on. Because I was always like, "Yeah, but is 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 it? Was it? Was he a physical person that was here?" And the one thing, and a lot of Christians, this is where, like my mom, this is where they step off and they go, "Craig's in Crazy Town now." Is the Shroud of Turin? In my view, and this is all just based on the scientific facts about the Shroud of Turin, that absolutely, to me, is Jesus Christ. That is his image on that cloth. They have proven. I know that people go, oh, but the carbon dating says it's only this old. Well, that's because the priests cut from the cloth that they added to that cloth because they didn't want to touch the actual shroud itself and and have it tested. They just didn't even want to bother with that because to them it's a holy relic, and this. If you watch, there's a couple, there's a Jewish guy studied this thing for many a decade. Uh, Barry Schwartz, I think, is his name. And he will tell you that is a real image. And they still don't know how that image got on that shroud. But the man on that shroud is historically, you know, there's been plenty of uh, crucifixions historically. But there's only one that had a crown of thorns and was pierced in his side. And those things are on that shroud. And I mean, I get chills when I just talk about it, but to me, that's absolutely a real thing. And, and you know, as, as, space, as space alien as that may sound, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, cause like, let's be, let's be real. I mean, you see the bumper sticker, not of this world. So anything that he's, you know, like one scientist said, the only reason, the only way that image got on that cloud is a sudden burst of energy, which would make absolute sense to Jesus being brought back to life.
1: I think, I mean, there's (laughs) tons of, uh, there's tons of eyewitness testimony that's corroborated by that. I mean, I think, uh, even from like a, a scientific or, or factual standpoint. Um, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of things that other religions don't have that are actually rooted in history and record as opposed right. to like, I don't know, in Missouri, we found some gold plates in the ground and we don't know where they are, but they're out there. so You know what <laughs> I mean? Like there's obviously those witnesses are long dead, but there's eyewitness testimony and there's other, there's other corroborating factors that I think point to the veracity of, of what the Bible talks about, that it's not just like, you know, Luke sat in his garage and like, "Eh, I think I'm going to do this today. You know, there's, there's some substance to it. There's, there's verifiability to it.
0: And as you tell that story, yeah, Craig, you know something that really is interesting to me, and I'm sure that your theology would differ from Jared's and mine in 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 many ways. And there are certain things that we'd probably have to we'd have to talk through. And I, I, as I say that, I'm hoping that maybe you'll come back on because this conversation is so interesting, and I think it's so good for people to hear. But one thing that I notice in you that I think at least makes you willing to entertain Christianity and to go down the road with it is that a lot of times disqualifies people. For instance, Brian is one who he believes only in the natural world, only like he doesn't believe in anything supernatural that God could possibly punch in through the natural world. And, and, and that's one thing I think for you. And I think that separates people a lot of times is that many people believe only in what's natural. They don't believe that anything supernatural could exist. Right.
2: Yeah. 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 And that's, to me is, um, you know, pe- most people like that natural world, people, if it's, you know, if I can't touch it and see it, it's not real, they'll laugh at us, you know, people like you, people like me, my UFOs, and I'm like, yeah, dude, but what you're mocking, you, you've not looked into, you've not studied, you know, there is photographs of things um, and, you know and i absolutely believe that god could punch into this world whatever god is i really don't know to be honest with you uh and you know the UFO stuff i mean i've actually got into this uh, his name's la marzuli he's uh he's a guy who's
0: the you know, la marzuli um, the yeah, yeah. Um, he's about six five no i'm thinking of a different guy yeah remember. Really? No.
2: Yeah. What, did, yeah. what did you say? The Watchers 5, right? Oh, no.
0: I said he, about 6'5". No, I don't know about the Watchers 5. I should have gone oh. with that. I should have yes-anded you right there and acting like I know what I was talking <laughs> oh, about. Oh,
2: Dan. <laughs> That's hilarious. So he's, yeah, so he's a hardcore Christian, and, you know, he's one of these people that comes at the alien thing. It's like, yeah, those are the demons of the Bible. And everything that, like, the typical gray, all the alien stuff... If you believe in it, or if, or if you look at it at all, all that makes sense. That those guys would absolutely be the evil um, that is throughout mankind's myths and legends. That would absolutely fit all of those stories. What was your so, read on? Uh, on I this... buy
1: into that. Sorry, go ahead. No, he just said he buys into. Oh, that. go ahead. Yeah. What was your read on the Storm Area Fifty One thing? Oh, and, oh, yeah! I think
2: it's stupid. I mean, if you're gonna uh, storm any military base, I think you can kind of. There's going to be one outcome, and that is that you're not going to get in. I don't care how many of you there are.
1: <laughs> Even the Naruto, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> can't. Yeah, get you through that. Oh my yeah. gosh, that is uh, uh, Well,
0: that's. Uh, there are so many. There are so many interesting things. That you've you've come across and that you've you've talked about, um, you know something else that this is this is not really a theological thing, but something that I've told Jared that I think is fascinating for our audience. You grew up in Bakersfield, uh, California, and tell us tell us who you grew up with. And you know who I'm talking about specifically. I think that I, always fascinates me.
2: Oh, like the band?
0: Yeah. Oh, corn. Yeah, you grew up with the guys from Corn. Yeah.
2: Right? Wow. Yeah, yeah, I did I grew up with um, Yeah, I mean, I've known those guys Since we were like uh, 13, 14 years old Brian and Reggie I knew the longest
0: And now Um, Brian's the one who uh, Had a conversion, right?
2: Yeah, Brian and um, uh, Reggie both uh, Reggie's fieldy Is what he's known as So Head and Fieldy But yeah, they they both uh, Converted I want to say Reggie was Jehovah's Witness. I don't know if he still is. He might be normal now, but. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I love
0: it, hey, everybody. Uh, this is the Jehovah's yeah, Witness so, channel. How are you? That's right. Watchtower, RS. Right.
2: So yeah, yeah. Brian was, uh, you know, he had a, you know, him and his wife. It was rough. There's a lot of mess. Yeah. Um, in their world, and he would just go sit on his bus all by himself, and um. And then he just he left the band and uh yeah, he became born again and yeah, he left and it was like for a long time, he was out of the band. And uh, and I would think that would be one of the buddy.
0: things for you that would resonate in that I, I know Brian's story a little bit, and as I've watched it over the past several years, it was not an easy, it's not a kind of thing where he converted and all of, his, all of a sudden his life was perfect, because he went through an absolute hell for mm-hmm. a long time, even after he became a Christian, which to me resonates and makes it even more true, because the thing that I don't believe is you become a Christian and everything is perfect.
1: No, it usually gets harder on some level.
2: Yeah, no. It. Uh, I didn't read the book. I just know that. Uh, yeah, I, no. Of course, it wasn't easy. I mean, he had his daughter on the road with him. You know, before he quit the band and um, became Born Again Christian, like because his wife couldn't handle it, which is always makes me laugh. Like, why he like, couldn't handle money and a nice house and cars and everything, like. You know, this guy now not only has to rock the world, but he's also got to babysit the kid. But you know what, Brian, he got that phone call and he was just told the band, he said, we need to rent another bus. And he went and flew out, picked up his daughter. And by the time he came back, they had another bus just for him and his daughter. And that was that. Wow. So, you know, even at whatever his worst point was, you know, his daughter meant more to him than anything else. And... You know, that's probably why he uh, having her on that bus with him is probably what made him leave that life, which I know wasn't easy to do. But, you know, when you... Because uh, I was also friends with uh, My Chemical Romance um, before they blew up. Hmm. And Mike, Mikey, the bass player, he just looked at me one day and he goes, why is it that people... When they, you know, crash on, you know, hard drugs, why is it they always go to Jesus? And I said, "Cuz, dude, you got nothing left. That's mm. it. Mm. Like that's that's literally the only thing that's left. If you, you know, if you've been broken by whatever, you know, that 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 addiction is, yeah, Jesus is probably the only thing that's ever going to pull you out of that hole."
0: Mm. Wow. You cool. know? do you still talk to? Uh, do you still talk to Brian at all?
2: I'm out, dude. I, uh, my, my, my connection connection was, uh, James, uh, monkey, uh, Schaefer, and, uh, he got remarried and he got sober. And so the new wife, I think kind of was just like, so, you know, all your, all your old little friends in Bakersfield gotta go. Yeah. Which you know what,
0: it's cool. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, that is that is wild. Yeah, you've got you've got stories galore. Craig and I actually put together a little a pilot based on his life in Bakersfield. That is, it, if it, it it's so crazy and funny, you would you would believe that it had to all been made up. But it's all based on true things. It's amazing. Know. That's
1: amazing. I
2: know.
0: And someday I'm going to share <laughs> that go. with Jared and let him see some of these stories, because I still want to make that someday, That's Craig, incredible. because it's, it's fantastic. Craig, I'm so glad that you took the time to talk to us. And, you know, we're going to be praying for you that, uh, you know, as you go through life's ups and downs and stuff, that you will find uh, that contentment in. Uh, in jesus that you will you know that that life may not always be perfect because we know that's not always the plan if we accept the fact that god's sovereign and god has a plan but we'll be praying that you have that uh, you have that contentment in whatever circumstance you find yourself in because that's that's what i end up praying most of the time too is i have my hopes and my dreams and stuff but it's ultimately i'm going to submit and say okay but my ways aren't your ways and whatever way you have I, i'm going to trust that that's best
1: yeah yeah if i can give you one encouragement yeah. craig you're not even asking for this but um I got to be in Haiti a couple of years ago and, and sat with some people who uh, lost some family members in the big earthquake that happened there. There was a pastor there who talked about how his wife was at the church. Uh, she was leading the choir and uh, the wall from the church fell on her and killed her and several people at the church. And he was, I mean, crying this years later, just talking about just how broken he is. Um, but, and there was a bunch of testimonies like that. of just pastors getting up and talking that all of them ended with, but you know, we have Jesus and Jesus is enough. And. And the reality, again, the substance of that, these aren't guys who are, are sitting in, in nice homes with everything cushy, saying that these are guys who have been, like you were describing, at rock bottom, and they can say with confidence uh, what we have in the righteousness of our Savior uh, is just more than enough. Um, so uh, I'm going to be yeah. praying and thinking about you guys uh, even as you head towards March and kind of figuring out housing, but there's a reality to um, what Jesus offers in himself. And not only is it compelling, it's, it's sufficient.
0: And I'm so glad you you, uh, you you took the time today, and if you, if you have time in the future, man, I, I'd love to be able to call you back again and talk to you about certain things, because it's great to have your perspective on some of this, especially as we reach out to people who, uh, you know, we're trying to talk to all the time about this, and it's interesting to hear different perspectives that are not necessarily what we hear in church week to week, you know what I mean? That's true,
2: yeah. Thank you, Craig. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, absolutely, you guys. I'm totally available. Uh, it was a great conversation. Uh, I love you, Dan, as you know. Uh, you know, in my darkest moments... Oh, uh, um, sorry. A uh, little emotional there. Um, in my darkest moments, uh, my phone is rang. And you were on the other end of that phone call, dude. And... Uh, I love you, and I thank you, well, and uh, I'm just so glad you're in my life, buddy.
0: Well, dude, I feel the same way, and it's it's always my pleasure, and you're you're one of the good guys, and when I was starting out in stand-up, you were always kind to me, and I'll never forget that, because it's, it's such a brutal thing, especially coming from the sketch world like I did, and then I, I, I go to clubs dressed like a... Jerk, and and it was so nice to have somebody be kind to me. And uh, you know, I'm always praying for you and your family, and and I'm grateful for your friendship. And uh, again, you know, you're 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 one of the good guys. So if uh, this goes out to anybody who's listening to our show today, if if you if this was encouraging to you, if you have any questions, if you have questions about what Craig has said or what we've talked about, email us at at blessingfieldhost@gmail.com. Uh, and uh, Craig, thanks so much, man, for being on Christian Knees today, brother. And I love you, and uh, I look forward to uh, talking to you soon, man.
2: Take care, my friends. Thanks, pal. All right, you guys. Take care. Bye. See you.